welcome to episode four of the Apple Orchard Podcast. We're your hosts, Tim Baker and James Ingracia. James, welcome. Hello. Um, everyone. We've had a lot to talk about this week. There was uh, quite a quite a flurry of interesting tidbits to share. There, yes, there certainly were. So it's actually it was a rather exciting week on the the old Apple wheel. So yeah, let's dive right into one of those, which I thought, um, and, and we'll link to all these in the show notes. So if you want to read the full story, but the stories, uh, the secrets of the Apple Store employee story, which uh, was out, and I think I read it on Thrillist. So I'll link to that article. But um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. They they, they recapped a story where they talked to a bunch of uh, a few different Apple Store employees. And they shared some funny anecdotes just about things they've seen, fixing people's computers, lots of uh, male private part pics being shared, um, <laughs> things like that. But but I think that the two things that I thought were, were most interesting were um, just how the secret, how secretive Apple is from uh, even when they were hiding the lightning cables inside 30 pin connector cables. So, uh, yeah, when, that was when, pretty crazy. Yeah. When they made, so when they made the switch to the lightning cable, when was that? Was that was, that was the five, right? The iPhone five. I think so. Yeah. That yeah. was a while ago. Yeah. I think it was the five, when they switched over to the lightning cable, uh, they, they actually gave directions to the Apple store employees and how to remove these fake 30 pin connectors that the old iPhones used to connect to unveil the lightning cables. So it's, it's interesting to see how they even have to hide things from their own employees. Cause I just assumed they would just either, hold the shipment like they do with day one deliveries and, you know, until it's that day before it goes mm -hmm. to the store. Um, but I guess they have to probably have that stuff shipped there early so they can have the demo units set up. Uh, yeah, that's true. Because, you know, when they announce it, you can kind of still go and check it out. But that, that was a big, a big change when they moved to the lightning connector. But the fact that they just hid them in there, then the poor employees had to go pry each one of them open to. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it was kind of a, a pain in the ass to do it too. So it did, but it's, but it's very uh, calculated to them, I guess. So there's no leaking at all. Yeah, and the other story, the other part of that story, which was, and I think is really helpful for anybody listening, is um, kind of some tips on how to get things, how to get your devices repaired for free. Uh, and there's some funny stories too about people that have. have brought uh products in there like phones that have been completely destroyed like one guy tried to legitimately say that there was like uh alien goo on his <laughs> on his phone or something like that and trying to say that he doesn't know what happened um but yeah like there and i and, you know i can definitely vouch for some of these because i I've, i have friends that have worked at apple stores in the past and have verified a lot of this stuff but uh apparently the secret is all about going in with uh, doing your homework and just looking for known issues. Uh, because if you go in there and obviously there's water damage or something, uh, you know, they're not going to cover that, but if yeah, you, it's your if fault. You, yeah. But if you don't complain about like, like, I think they use the crack screen examples. If you go in there and say, yeah, um, I'm getting this, uh, I don't know, like this weird artifacts showing up on my photos and things like that. They're able to, cause you know, I know there was an issue and I actually had this issue one time with one of my phones where, I was getting this weird purple dot on every every time I took a photo, and apparently there was dust in the lens, and it happened on some models where there was dust or something that got in, and it would just uh -huh. screw up your photos. So people, are, if you go in with a cracked phone and say, "Yeah, there's, I'm getting these weird specks on my on my photos," or or something that you know is a known issue for your model phone, you could bring it in. They'll just kind of like, "All right, they'll just swap it out for you." Yeah, I like the way they put it in the article too, where the guy was like, "Well, now we're not fixing a cracked screen; we're fixing the." 
lens, which requires a whole phone replacement anyway. So you exactly. pretty much luck out. And you know, that kind of happened with us um, maybe two, three weeks ago. Corinne had dropped her phone and cracked the screen and she lived there for about a week. And then I finally made a, a genius bar appointment and you know, we can get into a whole Apple care discussion another time, but we didn't have Apple care on it, which is what a hundred dollars, maybe um, whatever it is on top of the phone price when you get it. So knowing that we didn't have it, it's basically $150 to replace the screen on her phone. Cause she has a six S plus. So, and then if you look at the Apple care, it was a hundred dollars initially plus $50 to fix the screen. So it's the same exact price. So why not just take your chance and replace the screen when you want to. But anyway, when we went into the Apple store, I gave it to the, the girl. So the screen was cracked. Now she had also been having an issue with the audio where it was always in like headphone mode and the phone would never ring. And it was like all these different audio issues with it, but it had cracked. So I figured like, let's go on with that mode. And she said, all right, we're going to fix the screen. And just so you know, if it's okay with you, hopefully it's all backed up. If we're unable to fix the screen properly, we will just replace the entire device for the same price as the screen fix. I said, okay, that'd be the best case in my head. And we come back to the store 40 minutes later and guess what? They couldn't fix the phone. So she got a brand new phone for the screen fix price would fix all her audio, her uh, audio issues as well. So that's kind of lucked out on that one. But again, that same type of issue where she was having audio problems, but they couldn't replace the screen properly. So we kind of just got a whole new phone and started from scratch. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 I think Apple Care is a huge ripoff. Um, unless you're buying it for like a Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, I, I don't buy it because my, my credit card has the buyer's assurance on it. So, um, I've had problems in the past where I had, I had, you know, back on the old school iPods where I had, you know, you know, one of the iPods and it just was constantly like skipping. And there was, I think there was some, something wrong and the hard drive got corrupt or something. And it was literally like two months outside of the year warranty. So it was going to cost me like I, I think they said like you know it was just basically I might as well just buy a new one because it was this, the to repair it would be like the same cost. Ah. So, um, but my credit card company doubles the warranty on anything you buy. So it was Amex. It was an Amex card. So I just called Amex and they're like, oh yeah, you know. So we see you paid for it on X date. Um, so your one year warranty expired on this date, and so but we we extend you for another year. So they just told me, okay, just just buy in buy a new one because they don't they don't make that model anymore. Just buy a new one, and then we'll just give you the credit back. And that's they, amazing. Yeah, and they credited me like three hundred fifty dollars back on my on my statement. That's so great. <laughs> I feel like any damage that's going to happen to your phone. And we upgrade our phones every year, basically. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, every, I've had every iPhone since, since the first one. So I feel like, I'm, I'm, you know, unless you're going to keep your phone for two years and like mm-hmm. you're really cash strapped and you don't have a credit card that's going to cover you, then I don't really see what the point is because even with Apple Care, you're, you're still paying like a hundred bucks or something like that. And, you know, less the call, you know, not even factoring in the other hundred dollars you're adding just to have that. Yeah, that's that's what I didn't get. So, like, basically, we didn't have Apple Care, and her screen or her whole phone replacement really was one hundred and fifty dollars. But if you went backwards, if I would have had Apple Care, it would have been one hundred dollars for Apple Care plus fifty dollars for each screen replacement. So either way, it's one hundred fifty dollars. But I'd rather take the chance and maybe not have to pay it. It's just yeah, it's just the math isn't there. Yeah, I just I just don't I just don't get it. So uh, I, I always tell people that I I don't recommend the Apple Care unless. 
you know, like I, I think for if you're getting something for like a teenager who's obviously probably not going to take care of it as much as as you are, then you know maybe it makes sense. But yeah. but still, I don't know. I think I'm very. I think I'd rather rely on my credit card to cover me for the, the two years there, and and then if, well, I got to look years, into that now because we we um pretty much every credit card that I that I I've seen has it. As long as you're not getting like a credit card that's like meant for college kids, like fresh out of school or something. Yeah. Um, you, you know, like I, I have it on my, I have a Chase, I have a United Mileage Plus because we fly United all the time. So, um, but that card cover has it. My Am- Amex, all Amex cards, I believe, have it. Well, I gotta look because our Apple TV remote, the the fourth generation with the the Siri screen, it when obviously it drops all the time because we have the kids using it and it cracked. So it still works, but it's like shattered. So I have tape over it right now. Oh, I went to go. Uh, what, oh, I, oh, the touch part, the touchpad. The touchpad, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no, you mean the bot or the bottom part? This. Oh, the top. No, part. the yeah, top yeah, part. Okay. Yeah, where you, where you literally yeah. run your thumb. So I have tape over it, and I called Apple. I was like, "So obviously, you guys are just gonna replace this." So like, well, no, it's eighty dollars for a new remote. I was like, "Well, no, forget that." Yeah, we had to buy one because um, I don't know. Like, it was on my it was on my desk. I mean, it was on my my side table, or whatever, in my living room, and I. I think one of the kids must have knocked it in the garbage because we have like a little, you know, just like a little paper trash bin there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only thing I could think of. I tore the house apart trying to find this freaking remote. And so I had to just go and drop like $79 on a new one. And then what I did with the new one is I got this, I got this case on, um, on Amazon for it. That, yeah, so did we. <laughs> is the one with the magnets on it? No, it's, no, it's not. Yes, yeah, so this one's cool. It's got like magnets on the bottom of it. So like when you're not using it, you can just like stick it. Like we have it like sticking on like the back of a metal lamp post. That's like oh, on, the, on the table. So, cool. and, and yeah, it's, and you can, and the, my biggest complaint with that remote is that you, I can never tell what the top is and what's not. You yeah. Know, like you, if you pick it up and not look, you know, like, but you know, you, it's, you're looking at about 10 seconds is how I can finally orientate myself. But with, <laughs> with this case, that's never the problem now. Yeah. We lost ours too recently, about three weeks ago. We've been using our universal remote and now I'm um, using the new app on it, but it's, you know, I'm bound to find it somewhere unless, Avery threw it out, but who knows? Yeah, and that, and that's a that's a great segue into our next story. Actually, it is, is that was nice. the the official launch of um, the new Apple TV remote app, which um, I think it works great. But I, my biggest question is why? Where the hell is this on day one? I know it doesn't make like there's nothing groundbreaking on it that would make sense that why it didn't come out. But I I, mean, I really like it. I've been using it like I said since we can't find a remote, so I've been using it a lot and. It works just as good as as the um, other one. The series a little bit touch and go on it, but I think that maybe just will work itself out. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I like cool. it. But yeah, it's um, I, I was thinking like when when they first mentioned that we had this new app coming, I was like wondering why why was this app not why did that app not launch on on day one when the new Apple TV launched? And I, then I figured maybe there's something that um, some special hardware that it requires, but no. You know, it's, it's, it's out, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. All I could think is Steve Jobs would not have let that Apple TV launch with that app not being ready. Unless they wanted people to use a remote to get used to it, to use Siri on it. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, but that's, but Siri's built into the remote. I don't know, maybe, but I, I just think that, I don't know. It, that to me is the, the, one of the, one of the biggest signs lately of things I can pinpoint to that like Steve Jobs would say, there's no way in hell this remote is not getting launched for the app at the same time that we, we set, the device to market. It's it's yeah. been out almost it, almost a year now. I think it launched in October of last year. So it did, yeah. It's um, it's just weird. But and it's also 
I can see why they're doing it, but it's a, is a little weird that it's a separate app. So you mean aside from what? Aside from the existing remote app. Well, I think that might just be because people maybe don't have don't have the new Apple TV, so you want to separate the two functionalities. Yeah, but you, you know, I don't understand why they couldn't couldn't make it when you when you select what Apple TV you're using, have the interface load up for that appropriate TV. That's true. That's so a good point. Because I, th- I feel like it's people now have to go in and find this app in the App Store. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's just a, it's a weird decision for, the, for them to make that because. You know, you know, if you don't know, you know, if your app gets updated automatically and then you're like, oh, that's great. Now I can finally use this app, this app on my new Apple TV. But to go in and have to discover it and download it just seems very... Does it again, work the other way? Can you use the old Apple TVs with the new Apple TV app? I don't think so. Um, maybe. I don't know. I don't... I, you probably... I haven't tried. Yeah, I haven't tried. We actually... Um, we I only had one Apple TV, extra Apple... Oh, I have... We have... Three Apple TVs actually in the house. We have one in our bedroom, uh, one down um, in our living room, and then um, Knox has one in his room. And uh, we just because you know we don't have cable boxes in, in his room or anything, so yeah, it's uh, this way they can watch. He can watch like the Disney movies on iTunes and stuff. And so he was getting into video games, but like not enough where we can get him. Like we're not gonna give him an Xbox or anything. Yeah. But the games in there are like perfect for you know a six year old to to play and just tap. And he's so used to the iPad, so. Um, I haven't, we don't have any more to test it on, but I don't know. I think it, it, it might work the other way where you can use the new ones on the old ones, but you definitely can't use the older modes. I think. Yeah, you definitely ones. can. Yeah. We have, um, we have the new Apple TV in our basement and our living room. And then Ryan has the old one in his room and we have an old one in our guest room. But yeah, I don't, well, it says, I say device, you know what it does. I'm looking right now just on it and it does say that you can use the other ones. They're labeled, but they yeah, there's no Siri on it. So yeah, you can go backwards. So if you have, there you have it. If you have the new Apple TV, you can use the new Apple TV app to control everything, new and old. So then, why not just update the original app, remote app, to do that? <laughs> I don't get it. I, I don't know. It just it doesn't make almost any like sense to force the update because then everyone using yeah. the old one be like, oh, maybe I should get the new Apple. Yeah, that'd be the that's the only reason to do it is just so people start using it and know it's there. That's. I mean, the biggest, the biggest reason people don't like to launch new versions of paid for apps because like, look at Tweetbot, for example, like they have to go and let everybody know, Hey, we have a new version out. It's a separate download. And, and that's, that takes a lot of time and effort. Apple already has probably millions of people using this app. Just update it. Maybe, um, maybe they're doing it because I'm looking at the old app right now and it's still, you can connect to the, our MacBook libraries on it. So maybe that functionality is something that they want to keep separate. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but I, I I'm trying to think. I like I I thought I heard that like they were getting rid of that library sharing feature, or maybe they I, might have. Yeah, I mean we we don't maybe. use it anymore. I just see them still loaded up on there. Yeah, <laughs> I, it used to be great, but now everything's in the cloud, so I don't really see why why I need that. But um, yeah, maybe, maybe because I thought I I thought I read somewhere that there were like maybe one of the maybe it's in Sierra or something that like it's some of the functionalities not there. I don't know. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I just thought it was odd that um, that it wasn't there on launch day. But yeah, it's a great it's a great app, the new Apple TV app. Um, and then I guess another story too. We'll go around, move on to was um, there's this really cool website. It's the unofficial Hey Siri website. What's the actual? It's called like Hey Siri.io. Yeah, it's like a like someone created it. It's not official. Yeah, and it's um, 
what it basically does is uh, it aggregates pretty much all the commands you can use Siri for on your uh, on your device, and it just it's a good reminder that there's so much stuff that Siri can do that I personally never use Siri for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's so many things on there. I mean, I, I usually use it for the math. I use it for a lot because um, I'm not that good at complex math, <laughs> like <laughs> percentages and all that type of stuff. Um, but I never knew that you can use it for, you know, what day was 90 days ago. Not that I'd ever need to really know that or how many days until Easter. Those are just kind of cool, cool things to, to do on there. But um and even just downloading apps, you can just tell it to or open a website or take a photo. I don't know. You can, I mean, I don't even know how that would work, but apparently that's one of the things you can do. Yeah, I, I, um, I basically my, my my day with Siri is pretty much every single day is what happens. I wake up in the morning, I ask Siri as I'm getting dressed what the weather is going to be like in New York City, so I can dress appropriately. That's the first time I use Siri, and then I maybe when I'm in the car. I will use the Hey Siri command to put on, you know, music, you know, play a certain playlist or something if I'm listening to Apple Music. But other than that, those are like the only real time. Sometimes I will say like, you know, turn the, like turn Bluetooth on or off or something like that. But I mean, with the Apple Watch now, I'm keeping Bluetooth on all the time. So I really, or I'll ask it scores. I'll ask it like sports scores or like, you know, when do like the Yankees play again or something like that. But other than that, I don't know. I think that's pretty much. Or use I use, actually use it today because we're at work. We we're talking about um, the Olympic time zones and if it was going to be a tape delay tonight. So we had no idea what time zone Rio was in. So we asked it, you know, what time is it in Rio? And it's one hour ahead of us. Yeah, that's a that's a good. Uh, I think I've used that before too, just saying what time is it in in certain cities. But yeah, there's um like apparently like there's like the translation like I. I never um, even knew that I could do that. I mean, I'm sure I might have read it somewhere, but I just it, it must have like exited my mind. But you can apparently say like translate car from English to Spanish, and it will tell mm-hmm. you how to say like aut- say automobile. Um, Some of the dumber things, though, I think are the social ones, like post to Facebook that I'm eating a sandwich. Like you know, if I'm posting on Facebook, it's going to be a little more meaningful than just a quick little stat of what I'm doing. Yeah, and yeah, and I th- I, th- I think like when Siri first launched, I might have composed a couple tweets like that, but I found more often than not there was errors in there, mm-hmm. um, and I ha- and it was just it would have been easier for me to go ahead and just type it out in the first place. Um, but yeah, like uh, you know, I forget too that there's a lot of those. Um, you know, when was the Purge election year released? As some of the examples on here, or like who acted in the Angry Birds movie? Like these these types of things that I usually just launch up like IMDb. To see, uh, you know, who those who those people were, I, I you know I always forget that Siri can do that kind of stuff. You know, I, I do use it a lot too. Looking through this list, I do already use it um, with the functionality of when I leave or when I get home. Um, so I always say, like, you know, when I get home, remind me to you know pay this bill yes, or yes, take out the gold. That's the other thing I use for because I use reminders all the time. So I'll say, remind me to do this at nine p.m. or remind me when I get home or when I leave. So yeah, I do I do use that. I have a list, like grocery list in my notes. So I always say like add to grocery list, add, add eggs to grocery list. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. So I use reminders all the time. So I, I, I will use Siri sometimes to input things like there, but yeah, there's, it's a good reminder. It's a, it's a cool website. We'll link to it in the show notes. It just reminds you of all the, the cool things that Siri can do that I think people forget. 
Um, and it, it would just be, uh, I don't know, I think Apple needs to do a better job of, of reminding people that they can do some of these things, especially if they're, you know, if the OS sees that you're doing certain tasks that could be really cut down shorter with Siri, then it'd be good to at least have an option to get like Siri time-saving tips or something. Yeah, you know what else too? Like, um, I kind of wish that, you know, I wish that when the the home kit that that whole, I know that's gonna take a while, so it's really you know up and running. But I wish they would allow some other parts in there. I understand why they won't let Nest in there and everything, but you know, I'd love to be able to say like, you know, hey Siri, lock the front door or dim the lights or it's time to go to bed and just have the house shut off automatically. But unfortunately, I have to go buy all that new equipment now. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like I have um, all, all of my smart devices. We have our alarm, we have our our Nest, we have a couple of other things, but none of them work with HomeKit. And I'm not going to go buy stuff, buy new stuff just yeah, because it works with HomeKit. Too, nothing. But it all works with Alexa. So with with Amazon Echo, so I can, as I'm leaving the house, mm. I can I can um, have my I, I can just tell Alexa to to set my alarm. It goes ahead and does it. So, um, that's that, pretty cool. That's what's, uh, that's what, that's where Amazon really is, is killing Apple in the smart home stuff because I don't know if it's, uh, I've, I've heard some mixed things on why not everything is, con- is compatible with HomeKit. Like sometimes, like I've heard some things where there's specific standards of security that, that Apple wants. I'm sure there's political reasons why they don't want Google stuff or maybe Google doesn't want their stuff on non Android devices. Like who knows, but, um, at the end of the day, you know, Alexa and Echo is just really, uh, is just kind of taking the middle road and that's, it's, it's working awesome. And that's going to be the de facto think, smart home hub for most people. Unless, um, unless Apple can open up. I don't know whose fault it is that I can't add my Nest to my home kit, but whoever's fault it is, it better, better fix it because it's really frustrating. It really is. I mean, and, and the one that they offer on home kit for the thermostat, it looks pretty ugly on the, on the wall. Well, the Nest is, I just, I don't know, I'm sure, I think the Honeywell one is supposed to be good. I don't know what the other ones are, but, um, I just love my Nest. I've had, I've had two generations of Nest now, and it's, it saves us a lot of money. It's just super convenient. And I don't know, I'm not going to go, you know, I just, I want to be able to use the device I want to use and have it work with yeah. my phone. And so hopefully they, they kind of fix that too. I'm sure they will eventually. All right, so the next story here was, uh, so iOS 10, the new beta, beta 4, came out uh, this week. And this beta included a slew of the new emojis. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them were, were highlighting the gender equality. So uh, I think, you know, you can choose now a lot of the, the previous emoji that had different uh, occupations now have women in those roles too, so you can customize them. So it's just, it's just cool to see a lot of the new emoji coming out. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to kind of play with them once once they come out. I saw the one big you know, news story that was um, beyond just the Apple blogs was that they're changing the gun to a water gun. Yeah, yeah, I, I have mixed thoughts in that. Like, per, I personally am um, very anti-gun, so and I, and so I could see where Apple wouldn't want to do that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, there's I've heard the argument made, which I think makes a lot of sense that if if you're having vastly different types of emoji designs, so every, and just so people know, um, the way the emoji system works, it's created by this consortium called Unicode. And they, they decide, okay, this is, this, this symbol here will represent 
a a gun and this will represent a man swimming and and it's up to the different manufacturers to design how that looks artistically so that's why when you see an emoji of like a smiley face on an android it looks a little different than it does on an iphone and a good example of this is check out how your emojis look on the twitter website versus what they look like on your phone and you'll see that because twitter has its own take on the emojis but what's what's going to be weird now with this gun is if you're using the water gun it's just that has a, kind of like a playful feeling behind it whereas you know the only time i ever use the gun emoji is when i'm like doing like a, a maybe like a like a dead face and then the gun next to my head like i'm killing myself um <laughs> it's going to be a lot different if i'm using a water gun on there like oh i'm squirting myself now you're just going to get wet <laughs> yeah so it just really go you know it's going it, it's going to create some some miscommunication between people. So that's the only downside with that. That is true. Yeah. But I guess we'll see uh, how much controversy that causes. Yeah. And it's still, if you know, people are freaking out. It is the beta. They, they can very easily revert back to it before um, the, the final version comes out. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, but that's, uh, it's pretty interesting, but I'm always up. I'm always up for new emoji. But I, I do wish, though, that they either gave you the ability to hide emoji that you're never going to use, like any of the like 11 or 12 train emojis that are on there, or <laughs> yes. the pretty much anything that's on the last tab of the emojis with those weird symbols and stuff, which I, I never use, because it, trying to find an emoji is impossible. It really is. Well, that's what the, I mean. I'm kind of excited and probably going to be frustrated once um, that emoji picker sort of suggester tool is enabled or, you know, you can type in like, Hey, uh, happy to have pizza tonight. And then like happy and pizza will underline and you can just hit the button and they'll change to the emoji. Yeah. The emoji, if you haven't used the Google keyboard, the G board, have you used that yet? I have not. It's, it's awesome. Like I normally hate third party keyboards, uh, on Apple, but I, this is one I leave on all the time because a, the swiping on there, the swipe typing is the best I've used on any third party keyboard. But the main reason I love it, especially with some friends that I communicate mostly in emojis or, or animated GIFs with, it's got search built in right in the keyboard for both those. So, huh. you, so you can, uh, oh, you that's, can that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you go to the emoji part uh, within the, the Gboard app and I could say like, um, train, for example, and it'll pull up anything that has to do with the train. So if there's like a train conductor or a train, uh, any of the train emojis, or I could yeah. say like, sad and it brings up like all the different sad faces and it's also got a gift search which is awesome too so definitely check that out it's uh it's really cool and i think it, it's probably what it's going to be like when when ios 10 launches when i played with ios 10 for a little bit the emoji the, the emoji picker worked really good but the autocomplete with the emoji suggestions like i couldn't really get to work that great but that was also beta 2 or i think so it wasn't i'm sure it's gotten better since yeah, I mean, I'm sure once it comes out, it's going to be pretty flawless. But, um, definitely excited for that. It's amazing, though, how, how emojis have just kind of taken over. Like, remember when the emoji keyboard was like this buried thing you had to, yeah. you had to like an, <laughs> kind of go in and enable and no one really knew what it was. And, and now it's, you know, I was watching a commercial on the Olympics opening ceremonies and they're using emojis in at least three of the commercials had emojis right on there. So it's really emojis like the new hashtag pretty much. It really is, and, and and so far it's not too obnoxious yet, but I'm sure its time will come. Yeah, pretty soon it's gonna. I think when like everyone's parents start communicating in emoji all the time, it's gonna start jumping the shark. 
And yeah, honestly, the one I love using the most is just the thumbs up. It's just the easiest way to say, like, got it, okay, sounds cool, yeah. see you there, like, just thumbs up. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like, there's a handful that I use, but thankfully they're mostly in my recent, my recent used emojis. So. Yes, thank God for that. Yeah. All right, so our last story for, for today is the launch of Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. So have you, have you played with this yet? You know, I just started playing with it last night, and I don't know. You saw I just um, before our call was barbecuing outside, and I kind of documented it pretty poorly on there. But um, I, I kind of get it. The only th- my my two issues with it. Number one is now in the morning when I get on the bus, it's too much stuff to go through now. So I usually go through my Snapchat, I go through my Facebook, I go through my Instagram, I go through my Vine, and now there's like a whole Instagram video thing that uh, there's so many people using it. It just takes forever. And I also feel like it's very slow. Maybe maybe it's just my connection, although I've been hearing that from other people, <clears throat> that it just takes a while to load. And then I feel like once I'm done looking at the videos, I don't want to look through the Instagram feed. So basically, yeah. I'm, I'm missing now all these people's photos that maybe have posted something because I spent 10 minutes looking at their videos. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that because um, I, I feel the exact same way. Uh, there's actually a few people that I've unfollowed on there because their stories are so bad. And so boring to me that, and, and their photos were always kind of like mediocre at best. And this just, <laughs> this just puts me over the edge where I was like, okay, now I have to watch your terrible story because unlike Snapchat, where it's very easy to go and say like, okay, I, I want to jump to these people first. Mm-hmm. I think it just, it works much better on a, on a vertical scroll to see who you want to tap into a story yes. than trying to swipe through. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I do find after I've exhausted those stories, a lot of times then switching my mindset to go now look at static images, it's a weird, it's a weird thing because you're kind of used to looking at low quality in the moment, very, very like, uh, you know, there's really not these very staged shots and people trying to just get as many likes. And, and, you know, that's what's so great about Snapchat is there's no pressure there on getting likes or anything, which especially the younger generation really enjoys. Yeah. But um, to switch that mindset in the same app is, is kind of weird, I think. It really is. And, and kind of, yeah, there's a lot of brands that are just overboard on it, um, like Airbnb or Men's Health or, um, you know, things like that, where it's like they have like 18 different videos in their story. Yeah. Like I don't, that's what, that's what Snapchat's for. I follow you there for that. I'll so, but I can there. see where like, so brands are going to, are going to like Instagram much better than Snapchat because they already have a built in audience and mm-hmm. they don't have to kind of start from scratch and they are, and, and Instagram already has a really brand friendly, any brand can pretty much advertise on, well, any brand can advertise on, on, uh, on Instagram. So I, I haven't seen yet what they, what their plans are for advertising within the, the stories feature, but I'm sure that's going to come. Sure. It's going to come too. But, but yeah, I, I, so I can see brand brands really like it, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it just, it definitely kind of feels, it has a nicer u- user interface. I will give it that. Than, mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, I think it's more approachable, uh, yep. for people that are new to this, uh, kind of disappearing messaging thing. But, um, it, it does. I made that, I, I made, I made a joke on Twitter the other day, but I, I legit feel the best way I can describe it is, um, like remember when you were a kid and you were playing like Sega or Nintendo and there was always, everybody always had like that cheap Mad Cats controller 
that um it wasn't the official like Genesis or Super Nintendo controller. Yeah. It was usually like <laughs> neon and it just it just kind of felt janky and like no one really wanted to use it. And it got the job done, but it it never was really <laughs> as good. That's kind of how I feel about what, what it just that's how I feel it's uh, using Instagram stories versus Snapchat. It is even like with like there's like three pen options. I feel like they could have beefed it up a little bit more and it's it's very it's very basic. And what I thought was really interesting was on the way home today I read that Facebook's about to debut their, I guess they they bought that app uh, Masquerade, Masquerade or yeah. whatever the you know, MSQRD, whatever it is. I, why wouldn't you just put that into the Instagram product? Yeah. Just go head to head with Snapchat. Why put that on Facebook? I'm sure that's coming because I, I think they're testing it with Facebook, but there's no doubt that that's it. the next the next stories update is going to have Masquerade live filters in there because one thing I will say that is refreshing about Instagram stories is it's nice to go through my feed and not see every freaking photo with a dog nose on it. Yeah. Like that filter needs to be retired. And, and I'm getting that same way with that, um, that flowery headband one that needs to go too um, <laughs> on Snapchat, especially every, every girl that I know uses that. And it's yeah. like, and so it, it, I think you can make the argument that there's getting, you're, they're forcing a little more creativity with, the photos by taking away some of the crutches that Snapchat users are relying on. And I have actually, as much as I prefer Snapchat as a consumption medium, I don't share on Snapchat nearly as much as others do, but I I have found myself sharing more stories this week on Instagram just because it's there. And, you know, it's fun to test it. You know, I, I work in this field of social media, so I need to always know all these things, but I don't know. It's, it is, it is easy. There's a huge built-in audience there, and I, I don't know. I think that I do like the neon pens; those are pretty cool. I, I like the neon pens too. I feel like I, I wish they had a little bit more. You know, you just I don't know what else I'm looking for. I just feel like just three things need a little bit more. But um, also, I think when Snapchat updated their app last month, where they have whatever the thing is, memories or something, it's so hard now to go save a snap or a photo to your camera roll. You have to first save it to your memories, then go into your memories, then open it up, and then click the button, and then hit save down to your camera roll. Where now Instagram kind of brought back that simplicity, where yeah. if I saw something and I like it, I could just hit one button and it comes down to my phone. Yeah, and the other thing I found with with Snapchat's recent updates too is every time I start up the app, basically now, and I try to swipe right, it, it swipes me into my my memories, and I'm like, no, I want to go look at the stories, and I must be swiping at, at the wrong angle or something, and. It's just, uh, it's just uh, annoying. And, and I also, I just hate Snapchat Discover. Uh, I never ever watch any of those branded, uh, you know, those branded stories they have there. Uh, to me, that's like the Snapchat equivalent of like the Twitter moments. But, um, I don't know. Maybe some people like them. I I personally don't. I just want to see my friends' stories, but it's like you scroll through there and all of a sudden I've got huge like ESPN, Cosmo and all these other articles, all these other you know, outlets that have these stories in there that I don't want to see. So it's nice to not have that, that crap on on Instagram stories. Well, not only that too, like with, with Snapchat stories, I used to love looking at the New York story every day. And now the thing's buried, like beyond ESPN and Mashable and, mm-hmm. and all these other ones, like it, it's not even front and center. And when you go into it now, it's, it's so um, themed, I guess you'd say maybe where, mm-hmm. You know, if it's hot out, all it is is just people eating ice cream all day. Yeah. Well, no, that's not the flavor of New York. That's just people eating ice cream <laughs> all day. I'd rather. And it was a good thing. Like, you know, this one girl, um, she used to work with us. She 
always made it onto the New York story. Always. Like, forgot how many times she even did it. It's like a big thing. And then I made it onto there once. And it was like a big trying to challenge. Like, all right, this is going to make the story. But now it's, since you can't even find it, it's not even fun anymore. Yeah, I have, I had a, I have a friend that she, she makes a story. She made the story all the time, pretty much. And then, then you don't really hear about it. I think it's, that's kind of died off. Um, but you know, and it's, it's funny because like, you know, I'm, we started this conversation on how like, you know, Snapchat stories is, Snapchat's better. But then I feel like we're making the defense on, on why Instagram is, is, is really good actually, even though it still feels kind of janky. But I, I don't know. If I, if I was Snapchat, I would be, I, I'd be crapping my pants right now because this is, um, this is the thing that's going to, I think Instagram stories is the thing that's going to bring over the, older millennials and the Gen Xers and the other older audience yep. into this like ephemeral messaging phenomenon where um, I, I think Snapchat just is, is it's not accessible for a lot of people. I think that are uh, for, for I'm not going to say all, I'm not going to be ageist or anything, but I think that a lot of people that are like 35 or 40 and older mm-hmm. are having a hard time. Like they either don't want to start up from scratch from a new network. Um, they just, you know, none of their friends are really on there or not enough of their friends that it makes it valuable to them. Whereas stories now being Instagram on Instagram where they're spending their time anyway. Yeah. You're hundreds of people that you already know and follow are, are instantly there. Yeah. So, and I think, and, and that's, you know, that's like, you know, they're going to see the branded content. So it's only a matter of time before Instagram just starts putting all the things that, that makes Snapchat a better platform. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I love the, the stickers. I love the yeah. fact that you can like pin a sticker and have it move alongside where your 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 like your you know as your camera's moving so it almost makes it like almost like 3D or part yeah. of the story. Like those little tweaks make Snapchat like really innovative. But there's you know Instagram has the resources being owned by Facebook that they can very easily copy this stuff and we know Facebook loves to copy so Absolutely. So I'm sure it's inevitable. Yeah, so I, I would be really scared if I was if I was Instagram if I was Snapchat. Well, we'll see what happens. All right, so yeah, I think we're we're at almost around forty five minutes, which oh, is wow. that, or a little around forty minutes. So yeah, there's a lot to talk about this week, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what this next week brings. It's I don't. We're getting about a month a month out now before before the uh, the phone is going to be released, the new phone, and hopefully the new MacBook Pros, and so yeah. so hopefully we'll have some more rumors. There's been some. Some mock-ups and some major leaks of lightning ear pods and what the iPhone looks like, but maybe we'll save some of that stuff for next. Yeah, week we can talk about more. that next time, and we're yeah. more. I'm sure more details will emerge. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, make sure you subscribe on iTunes and uh, and or SoundCloud. Um, hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Apple Orchard Podcast, and. Um, yeah, look for us on Twitter at Apple Orchard Pod, and yeah, let us know if you have any any feedback, any thoughts, um, and make sure you check the show notes for the links for everything we talked about. So. Excellent. Well, thanks everyone, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. All right. <laughs>